Hey, and welcome once again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. I'm the pastor of Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And today we are going to begin the discourse of Jesus's last two miracles in John chapter six. And so let me catch you up to speed. Up to this point, uh, this in this chapter, Jesus has fed 5,000 plus, maybe up to 20,000 with uh, with. Uh, a few pieces of stale bread and some stinky fish, right? And then Jesus has walked on water, calmed the storm, and uh, helped the disciples arrive safely to their destination. And this is where our story picks up. The, the scene is, it is set. Jesus is, he's the provider of bread. Jesus is the one who has power over all things. He's the provider and he's the one who is powerful. Well, let's see how the story develops as the crowds, they begin to look for Jesus. They can't find him. And then the, the story develops and finally we begin to get some teaching around these miracles. And really this teaching is aimed to, to make it clear in our mind the point of these miracles, the point of these signs. Remember, in the Gospel of John, the signs point to... Well, our regular listeners are saying Jesus's identity. The signs point to Jesus's identity. So let's jump in. Let's look at our text. Here we go. Starting in verse 22, and we're going to run through verse 27. It says, On the next day, the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberus, the Tiberus came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum, seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? How, how did this happen, Rabbi? Look here. Verses 26 and 27. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are not seeking me. Not because, or excuse me, you are seeking me, not because of because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Here's where we launch into the rest of chapter six, which is, it's going to be challenging. It's going to be incredible what Jesus, what he says to these folks. I want us to prepare ourselves as we enter into it. But, but here's where it starts. They come looking for him. When they find him, look at Jesus's response. You came seeking me not, not because you saw signs, not because of what the signs are pointing to, not because of who I am, but because you ate your fill. You're looking for me so that your belly will be filled, not because you're looking for the Son of Man. You're looking for me because of, because of the uh, earthly, temporal blessing that you hope to experience being near me rather than the eternal reality that stands in front of you. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is the only begotten, uh, full of grace and truth. See, here is the tension 
Here's the tension that we're going to wade through for the next few days. The tension is in our humanity, in our humanness, in our selfishness, in our self-centeredness, we, we are drawn to that which what we want. And sometimes because we're drawn to what we want, we miss what's more, more important. Uh, this is this is paralleling with the the religious leaders who searched the scriptures looking for life, not realizing it spoke of Christ. Now the crowds they're searching the land looking for Jesus, looking for food, not realizing that there is something eternal. Look at verse twenty seven. He says, "Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you." Jesus here is saying, are you, are you living your life for things that are temporal, things that are earthly, or are you living your life for the, the eternal and the heavenly? See, we can, we can even come and be Jesus adjacent. We can come and spend time in Jesus circles. We can come and and have good things that come that flow from the person of Jesus from his church. We can have all of these externals that we're chasing after. Community, support, encouragement, a place to thrive. We can have all these blessings but miss the reality of Jesus. Let me ask you, if, if you were to take some time to assess your life, are you, are you living for, are you working for only the food that is earthly? Are you living your life only for the earthly reward? Are, are you living in a way that's about keep, keeping your belly full and your experience list uh, really happy? Or are you living, investing in the kingdom of God by pursuing the person of Christ, by trusting in the work of Christ? See, this is, this is an incredibly important dividing line for all of humanity. This is the dividing line that leads us to be in Christ or out of Christ. And the dividing line is, are we, are we looking at Christ for who he is? Are we seeing that he's He's not the one that simply provides earthly bread, but he is the one that provides eternal life. And if, in fact, eternal life is found in him, if, in fact, he has called us to order our lives in a certain way, to live our lives in a certain way, are we living in a way that reflects following Christ? You see, we are on the edge we're on the eve of Jesus saying some of the hardest words he speaks while he's on earth. These crowds are following him, and we're going to see in short order these crowds will leave him. And they'll leave him because he is calling them to discipleship. Now, recently, I, I, I had a man in one of my, my discipleship groups, and, and he made this comment. And I want to share this comment. He said, he said, I have been following, I have been a follower of Christ for a long time. I've believed in Jesus for a long time, but nobody told me that I have to do something about it. I shared this with a group of pastors recently, and one of them said, Mike, I thought you preached the gospel of grace. And I said, absolutely, you know that I preach the gospel of grace. But listen, we live in grace and we walk in grace. That does not mean 
that, that we live however we want. Rather, it means we now, we, we organize and structure the entirety of our life around what Jesus would call here, that which is internal, that leads to, that, that, is, that endures to eternal life. See, this is, this is our ancient way for our modern day. Our ancient way for our modern day is ordering our life in light of eternity. So let me ask you, are, are you doing work that will, will only lead to, to things that perish? Or are you living in light of eternity? Examine your time. Examine your relationships. Examine the, the way you give toward other people with your time and your resources. Examine your engagement in the life of the church. Examine your time in pursuing the scripture. Examine your time in prayer. Are you investing in that which endures to eternal life? Well, this is, this is our call. And this is our ancient way for our modern day.